Scrooged. Scrooged. The movie Scrooged. The movie where they they turned a name into a verb. Yes. <laughs> they did. They did. This movie um yeah, it's um I I want to talk about lots this of, movie. Lo- lots of thoughts. Yeah. Lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Um This isn't this is an interesting one. I think there's uh there's a lot going on with this movie. Um, I agree and I and uh you know, I I feel, you know, it's funny. I haven't watched like watching some of these movies um after the fact. I don't know that I would have ever thought about this movie in the way that I thought about it watching it. Like, yeah. Because it's just one of those movies that's like, oh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. You watch it, blah, 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 yada, yada. It's, you know, it's Charles Dickens, Christmas Carol, but modern take on it, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. Watching it through the lens of does it hold up? I, I don't. Got some thoughts. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm like honestly, I'm I still don't really know how to answer that yet. Okay, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm, like, I'm struggling. I'm struggling yeah. with it. Okay, uh, do we lie. need to do it? Do we need to do a recap on it? I don't know. Uh, I think Scrooge I mean, is one pr- of those. I think it it's pretty simple. I mean, Scrooge is uh, as you well, probably it's, it's have Charles guessed, Dickens' Christmas Carol, it's a Christmas yeah. Carol. Yes, one right. of the many. Many, many adaptations of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. This one happened to be made in the mid-1980s. Um, it was released in 1988, and it uh, stars Bill Murray, the great Bill Murray, um, as Frank Cross, who is the Scrooge character. Um, and in this case, he is a uh, a TV executive. And um, there's this, this is a... Uh, this is, I mean, this is definitely one of those movies uh, grew up watching. Again, another one I watch every Christmas, so I've watched this movie many, many times. Um, and it's one that in the, honestly, in the past few years, I've started to kind of become more <laughs> objective about. Yeah. And yeah, it's complicated, I think. It's a li- and uh, especially I will say after looking into some of the details about the production of the film may have may have colored my my impression of it actually really yes um, all right I don't well, know I what have... were what what were what were your memories or impression of Scrooge Jeffrey this was another one of those movies similar to Gremlins that uh, in some way that I found. Uh, uh, not terrifying, but like I didn't like I I it was too gross and too many different things in too many different ways. Um, you know the the uh, what's it Jacob Marley uh, character? I don't know his name. Yes, uh, Joel, Lou. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Lou Hayward. Is that what yes. his name was? Yeah, yeah. The, his the, the, uh, uh, John Forsyth who plays him. Okay, yeah. So he uh, comes yeah. back. But he's this disgusting, rotting corpse who, you know, and then yes. uh, there's just tons of disgusting kind of the Crypt Keeper kind of yes, th- look, this, look. I think this is a movie that is definitely, because it's post-Ghostbusters, so okay. I think it's, I think, well, the marketing campaign, I think, was really based on it's Bill Murray back with the ghosts kind of a thing, okay. which I never really thought about, and I don't really think about when I'm watching it. But I guess that's something that they were kind of 
capitalizing on, but it is falling into that category of this is also the same year as Beetlejuice. I was just so I about know, to I, say there's Beetlejuice because I watched it and was like, God, did Tim Burton do this one too? Because right, God well, Almighty, of course, Danny Elfman does the music. He does the score, right. which is right. fantastic. But but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think they weren't influenced because this they were making them concurrently. Yeah. So. I don't think they were influenced right. by it, but it's just kind of a, I guess. So this is just where there was this this uh, new kind of combination of comedy and like supernatural was supernatural horror was kind of becoming a thing. Yeah, and this movie I think fits very squarely in that. And that I did not of, like it. Yes. Yeah. No. No. I was not. Yeah. I was not. I was not part of this uh, this movement within the industry yeah. to to to. Test these waters was one where I was screaming, "No, these thank films you!" Didn't didn't speak to you. I wasn't I, the target audience though. At eighty eight, sure. I would have been five years old. So I yeah. So yeah, the, my memories of the movie didn't didn't find it all that funny. I think a lot of the comedy is an adult humor comedy. I think really. Um, so wait, so you never you never had the impression that oh Scrooge, that's a great hilarious Christmas movie. You never had that connection to H- hilarious it? no no i never had okay. the connection okay. of hilarity H- hilarity was not something that ever came to my mind and, and ah. to be to be fair uh, watching it this time i don't i don't find it, i didn't find it laugh out loud funny there was there were some there were some moments that were funnier uh mm-hmm. now and i get some of the humor uh that i yeah. that goes over your head as a kid when oh, you're watching yes. it but yes. um but no, I, I I didn't think of it as a as a laugh out loud comedy, um, and um, yeah, it just the whole the whole everything about it just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me in in the way that I like like you know the the all of the the ghosts are creepy and like <laughs> odd and like I mean gross in some way yeah but they're gross it's like like. You know the close-up of the cab driver and his gritty old teeth oh, and yeah. like all, all I, of that stuff. Yes, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, there, yeah. There's a lot to say about this because yes, this is a movie that I, I loved as a kid. I mean, you know, but a lot of that was honestly just because it's Bill Murray and I, I loved Ghostbusters so much that like. Anything Bill Murray did, I was like, I'm in. Like, and and I pretty much still feel that way. So, like, right, it's it was just you know, as I've said, as I've gotten older and watching it, and especially in more recent years, being more objective and knowing a little bit more about it, it's kind of changed the way I've looked at the movie, and I've been able to see more clearly and kind of accept more honestly the ways in which the movie doesn't work. And it's sad. It is sad because I do remember being a young boy watching this movie and just loving it and just thinking it was the greatest, funniest thing ever. And now I and I have a different impression of it now. So, I mean, I guess, well, first of all, we should say this movie is directed by Richard Donner. Yeah. And this is the same director of he's done so many great films, but he also did The Toy. Which we've right. already done, right? Right. So, and it's some honestly, of the I'm, same I, fucking problems. I'm, I think there's I, honestly, some of the same problems. I'm already kind of scared that we're going to destroy Richard Donner just as a director <laughs> through this podcast because we're two. He's two for two now. 
But my still, my memory of him is like, I mean, God, he did The Goonies, he did Superman, he did all the Lethal Weapon films. He's done so many great movies. I think... And the thing is, like, even those, like, I, like especially thinking of, like, the, the Lethal Weapon films, yeah. uh, those movies are funny. Like, there's great humor in it oh, between the actors. And, and there's great chemistry. And I think one of the things that he... I've noticed in his films is that he does seem to be good at getting his actors to be kind of loose and improvisational with each other. Like, mm-hmm. especially if you think of like the, the lethal weapon films and you think of Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, but even like my favorite scenes in those movies, honestly are like the scenes with Mel Gibson, Danny Glover and like the Murtaugh family, right. because it's the same actors through all of them. And they, they have such a great rapport and he clearly like Richard Donner just kind of let them go and just right. kind of improvise and just, and it works so beautifully and it's great. Right. And, but I think, Unfortunately, I think that if it's not the right combination of elements, he doesn't have that same ability uh, <laughs> always. Because Scrooge is an example, I think, of honestly all the problems in this movie fall squarely on his shoulders. I have to say, it's all down to the direction of this. Because there's a lot of things that are great about this movie. Right. That I really like. I mean, first of all, the cast is nuts. It's a, it's a, it is a truly amazing ensemble cast. It's Bill Murray. You got Karen Allen. Uh, you know, John Forsyth, as I mentioned before, Bobcat Goldthwait is in there. You got um, Alfre Woodard. Uh, you know, uh, Robert Mitchum is in the fucking movie. Like, it's 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 crazy. Like, it's a really really great cast, and I really like the concept of it. Like, I like. Right. Especially for the '80s, the idea of saying let's do Christmas Carol, but make it make the Scrooge character a TV executive, so that like we can simultaneously, yeah. yeah. Well, because they well they because they could have gone the Gordon Gecko route and yeah, made him like yeah. a Wall Street guy, which would have right. seemingly been the the way to go. But I kind of like that they they said no, let's make him a TV executive because then they also get to kind of make it a media satire at the same right. time. Right. And I think those aspects of the movie I really like, and I think are really smart, and I think that. I think visually the film is really great. It was shot by Michael Chapman, who's a great DP. He shot Raging Bull and Taxi Driver for Scorsese. He's done a lot of great movies. DP and for for our listeners. Director of photography. Sorry. Yes. The the person in charge of the look of the film. Yes. Right. Uh, so and I so I think I think conceptually I really like this movie. And I think it's actually really smart and really a great idea. Unfortunately, the execution just doesn't work yeah i i I, i'm i'm glad to hear you say that i was interested to see if you and i were going to have uh differing thoughts there's just i i don't know you know i I, maybe at the heart of this i i struggle with dickens christmas carol as a as a story arc really Uh, yeah i i not so much that I, i get it no don't get me wrong i get it i just don't think that the Scrooge character should be that redeemable after one day. He's got a lifetime of being an asshole, and then he just yeah. like miraculously is now everyone's favorite person, uncle. You know, like I just there's this, yeah. I you know what I'm saying? Like there's like and and yeah. there's a presumption that oh everyone's just gonna accept his 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 cathartic moment of like of coming it's to true. you know. He has Jesus, a lot basically, to make, he has a, he has a lot to make up for. That's for sure. Yeah, right. No, and he just that's true. Just woke up on the that's right true. side of the bed. But the, the I, yeah. I so I, 
I think at the the and that's part of what that's part of what happens in well and it happens in all of the the Dickin the Christmas Carol versions is the guy doesn't actually it he still continues to be an asshole until he sees himself you know in a coffin basically and I just I don't know it just doesn't resonate I, with yeah. me because I don't know I mean, yeah I mean that's I mean those are fair points I mean for me personally I actually I really love the Christmas Carol story. I think it's actually okay. Okay. I think it's actually a really uh okay. um it's one of the great like redemption stories I think in American in, in not American literature obviously but in literature I think. <laughs> I think it is. Like I I do. I mean and but if you uh, but uh, of course as you but here's the thing you're bringing your brain you, you, you have to leave your brain at the door. You keep bringing the brain, Jeffrey. You got to like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I yeah, no. I I yeah. I like your the way you put it. You're like it's one of the classic things in in literature and I'm sitting here going, "I don't buy it. I don't know that I buy this whole Christmas carol thing." No, listen. Um, listen, I, I agree that one one I don't night know if it's going to catch complete- on this whole Christmas carol idea. Um. <laughs> no, I mean, but no, I agree that like one night is does that because that really enough time to change a person completely? Like I don't know, I mean, but I but I do think at its heart what the what the story is. I like the story. I think um, it has been done to fucking death, um, and it would be it would be interesting to see what is our favorite version of this because I know my favorite version of Christmas Carol. What is it? It's. Well, my favorite version, I think, hands down, is the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's the greatest. <laughs> That's and I mean, yeah. I mean it. Like, yeah. it, I don't know how long it's been since you watched that, but it's fucking great. Michael Caine is the greatest Scrooge. He is. He just he's genius okay. in the movie. It's great, and it's like, it, oh, but, I, but does that? <laughs> I I think that <laughs> argument bolsters my my point which is that the best version of this story is a bunch of fucking muppets running around <laughs> yeah. because that's the only time get- that it's plausible i the right. no look i i i think it's look it's a good it's a good story i don't want to shit on it they're perfectly good versions of it and all of that but um this one uh, again the reason why i brought it up was cuz i feel like this one the that problem for me i think is through this whole thing he's an asshole to a degree that at the moment where he's supposed to have this cathartic revelation of like i'm gonna be good i didn't see enough growth like through it to 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 warrant that and not to mention that the the usually on the christmas carol when they get to the the future or the you know the the coffin scene, grave scene, whatever it is. This time it was you know yeah. burning the urn, uh, cremation scene. Um, yeah. When you when you get to that, normally there's 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 more. I don't know explanation. There's more dialogue about what he's thinking and whatnot. Not just I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Right. Like yeah. he doesn't say in the I don't want to die. I want to yes. like I want to go like. It's just there's I don't. More of it's a, just now in the there's moment. More of there's more of a repentance of his behavior yes. and his sins and a kind of a, 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 like 
but yeah, and you're totally right because now it comes down to like I want to live and I don't want to die. Right. So in a way, it's it's still kind of selfish. <laughs> like it's not he hasn't yes. he he hasn't completed the 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 Scrooge yes. arc really. Right. Yeah. Well, and like you're, you're a totally version right. of this a version of this movie which is not done at Christmas. Uh, Ghost of Girlfriend's Past or whatever with Matthew McConaughey. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but same. <laughs> I missed miss that one. <laughs> same, same thing. Present and instead of ghosts, it's girlfriends. But the the sure. the. But my point though is that in that and then others, what they don't speak about in Scrooge is that that scene. What he should be noticing is that the only person there at his funeral is his reluctant brother who, yeah. who and 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 like that's one of the other cathartic things that's supposed to be a realization is that you're at your funeral and nobody wants to be there because you just you have no you you you've been nothing to nobody and like yeah. that doesn't it doesn't it, there's none of that now again my brain not being left i mean it could have been like let's make a funny movie with Bill Murray, but it's the Christmas Carol, and we're just throwing things in. Yeah. But again, for it to work, you have to you have to believe what he's saying, and I just don't believe it. It's kind of like the same thing yeah. we thought we saw in Stripes, which is mm, that yeah. we were supposed to believe that Bill Murray was gonna care about something and and you're like no everything about him in his being doesn't care so like why yeah. would he start caring yeah that's a, that's a good point because yes fundamentally as a performer bill murray is defined by his 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 uh inability to to go to like to conform and like right. to you know so so the idea of of giving him that kind of an arc is is tricky i think honestly and and I will say a lot of this is due. If I don't, the Wikipedia on this movie is very thorough and very detailed, and it's very illuminating in a lot of ways, and to in in a way that makes me it's simultaneously sheds light on why the film is the way it is, but also kind of ruins it in the process because <laughs> it's like you realize that oh wow yeah this just didn't work. But but essentially, I mean, the script really started. By all accounts, the the script was changed pretty substantially in the making of the movie, and that the bo- the bottom line is that Richard Donner and Bill Murray did not get along, and they did not gel as collaborators. And the thing that I mean, honestly, the thing that totally crystallized it for me, and now has become something that I cannot unsee when I watch it, is that Bill Murray has said like from when the movie came out that basically the movie was a mess and it could have been so great but Richard Donner just kept telling him to be louder and louder and louder yes and bigger and when you watch the movie you go oh shit like it's literally like yeah they just used all the takes where Bill Murray was just doing what the director was telling him to do but it was right. the totally wrong instinct and that's also by the way not like when it comes to Bill Murray, like I don't necessarily think of him as like a big performer. Right. Like he's not he he can he can go there, but it's usually like still contained and within a certain yes. you know framework. He's not yeah. like Robin Williams, like in that correct. Sense. Like yes. So so I think <clears throat> or Jim Carrey or or exactly. you know, or early Jim Carrey. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's more of a sardonic, like witty. Right. Uh, it's witty. It's right. sardonic, witty aside. That's like Bill right. Murray's. Like that's his sweet spot. And I that, think you described movie, him. You described Bill Murray as almost like irre- irreverence, like kind of like. Oh yeah. He just he just was like everything is just like off the cuff. He's just like yeah whatever that. But In, so his yeah. jokes are kind of like like you said they're to the side, but from a I'm too cool to like yes. really care about stuff so having him care like really loudly goes against his whole his whole shtick yeah well i think yeah a big problem is and where it becomes really clear is the is the final and we were skipping right to the end but like the final scene of him like which is supposed to be you know of his big transformative speech is so over the top yes so it's it's very and and the thing is, like watching it, it's clear that like it's an impassioned performance. Like Bill Murray is very much like it's real. Like when he starts crying, he's really yeah. crying. Like right. it's not a false performance in the sense that he's not feeling what he's expressing. Like he right. is. The problem with it is that he's been at that level for the entire time. Yes. So yes. like there hasn't there isn't there's been no calibration of his the levels of his performance. It's all been up here. It's all been at eleven, and right. so when you get to that ending, it just it you don't buy it because it just feels like well he's just doing the same shit he's been doing for the whole movie. Right. Whereas right. if if they had done what I think Bill Murray had intended and hoped, which was a more subtle, you know, layered kind of like you know not so bombastic performance, the end scene would have had such a bigger impact, and you would have actually been probably moved by it because. All of a sudden, this guy who's been just kind of like this, like sardonic little, you know, asshole, suddenly has this overwhelming emotion and an explosion of feeling, and it would have really worked. But instead, it's just everything is pitched at such a level that there's it's it just it just doesn't work, and yeah, it's like it doesn't work. It feels like I mean, honestly. And I mean, it must just be that they that Richard Donner and Bill Murray just didn't see eye to eye for whatever reason, because obviously they're both brilliant and really talented. But together, for whatever reason, they just didn't collaborate well. And so Richard Donner just I don't he didn't know. He clearly didn't know how to collaborate with him and how to utilize Bill Murray's talents and what makes Bill Murray funny. He was instead just saying, and this is a problem that I think you notice in movies with directors who don't know how to do comedy or at least don't know how to do to work with a certain comic actor is they'll just tell them just go bigger just bigger bigger because because they i think if they don't understand what's funny about it they can't see the subtle it'll be too subtle for them so right. for the, so so they in other words they have to they feel like they need to make it funny if somebody doesn't right. understand comedy it's like they 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 have to make it more performative and they have to make right. it bigger and i think that was what richard donner did with bill murray and it obviously ended up kind of sabotaging the whole movie unfortunately yeah and i think that the you know and you you hit the nail right on the head when you bring this up in the and the the yelling at the end scene cuz yeah. I, I was watching it and i watched it today uh, a couple hours ago and um i remember as a kid the end sequence being Great! Everyone sings, and and he sing his singing and that whole part. Yeah. But I I'm watching it this time. I'm just like it. The, the scene didn't resonate with me, and I wanted I wanted it to. Yeah. But 
I just, I guess this is the thing. Is I think you you've said it very eloquently because all of the rest of the movie he's at this level that doesn't feel like anything different. I just look at it. They've set the scene up to that everyone thinks he's having a mental breakdown, like he's gonna he's losing it, right? And yeah. and and that. And again, I'm not checking my brain at the door, but nothing <laughs> in what happened conveyed to me sanity from this person mm-hmm. like it it, it yeah. conveyed confirmation to what they would have been worried about to begin with not right. to mention there's yes. a guy in the fucking booth shooting a <laughs> shotgun through the yes. goddamn window and everyone goes and he just goes i want to party like those guys i'm like what <laughs> what yeah he's this is just um, a guy legitimately having a breakdown right it, right is what it but, appears to be but not but but which is what they wanted to have happen they wanted them to have a breakdown you wanted a cathartic breakdown of which right. he realizes the errors of his ways the problem is is that from from everyone else character wise in that setting nothing yeah. changed that yeah. would make them go oh my god and the second part about that so it like it didn't part of those scenes that when you have those scenes what what makes them great is that you 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 can recognize you are feeling what everyone else listening to it should be feeling. And if you're not feeling that, but then the the people on there are reacting differently than the way the thing made you feel, then there's this mm. disconnect that doesn't line up. You know, it's like yeah. we talked about it with Independence Day with Bill Pullman's speech. It's like mm. that speech makes yes. you feel the way everyone reacts in the film. That's why yes, it works. Yes. If you yep. don't feel the way it's telling you you should feel, then it's like everyone starts to react in a way that's different than the way you're feeling, and you're like, "This is bullshit." This it is feels, not. Yeah, it's totally false. Yeah, you don't yeah, buy it at, at all. all. Yeah. And the second thing was the the the, the second thing was is that the, the tiny Tim, the guy, the kid who can't speak, like the. Right. What frustrates me is that again, is something that is only that was the only time that I felt really like I was like felt moved in any way was when the kids spoke yeah you know that they set up well and and bill murray's reaction to it but that secretary fucking should hate that man and like the (laughs) fact that like her her son like opens up to him like in this way it's just i don't know it's just like i'm like and then no one watching Knows yeah. who the fuck that kid is, or he just says something. They're like, they, there's no cathar- like everyone's. It's just, it's muddled. Yeah. The whole thing is yes. just this muddled mess. It is, it <sighs> is, and it's and it's it is a bummer because I do think that a lot of it, like I said, conceptually and from the screenwriting standpoint, like I I like what they were trying to do with it, and I like the 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 sort of the characters they created, the versions of the characters from the story, and everything, and I thought it all. It made sense in that way, and I thought it was smart. It was actually really smart. It was just the handling of it that was so sloppy, and it was the and I think it was it was just a fundamental misunderstanding or miscalculation in what was funny about it, and kind of trying to balance the humor and the emotional side of it. And and I think it it, unfortunately, I think I feel like Richard Donner didn't trust Bill Murray enough as an actor, and that's because you can always tell like in those movies where. You you see you sense that an actor is like this does not seem like them or like it just seems like right. you know they're being kind of coached to give a different kind of performance than they normally would, 
it's a bummer because it's like, well, then the, the director just didn't have faith in them and didn't trust in their ability. Because I think if he had, and because honestly, the funniest parts of the movie are all the little asides yeah. and one-liners Bill Murray has that are clearly yeah. improvised. Like, honestly, like those are the only like legitimately funny parts of the movie. Yes. Like one of my, the favorite yes. parts is like, like when the fucking, the censor woman who is yes. on the set and they're talking about the nipples on the, the dancer. Yes. When she gets hit in the head by a pole and she's on the yeah. ground and Bill Murray goes like, make sure her nipples are covered up. <laughs> like, yeah. like <laughs> those are the funniest fucking parts of the movie. Yeah. And I, and you definitely, in those moments you get a sense of like, Oh, that's what Bill Murray was doing. That's what he wanted this character to feel like like and in all the big like bombastic you know deliveries that you go like oh well that's like i think that's richard donner just taking him in the wrong direction and then you go like oh wow these guys were just making two different movies and it and that and that just that's not going to work there's nothing that can save you and that's happening and so it doesn't have it ends up not having the impact that it should because there isn't that cohesive vision and connection between the filmmaker and the main actor and when a comedy that's so fucking important that that the director understands what is funny about the lead and that the lead and the director have this communication where they're you know that's like that is so crucial and that's just missing in this movie and so as a result it just ends up and just not working yeah, I don't think it works. I, there, there are definitely parts on it that I that I really like about this movie, yes, and yeah. I love the end. I love the singing at the end. I love that he they they, they let Bill Murray sing to the audience, to the theater audience. That always like mm-hmm. I wish I could have been alive, mm-hmm. like when and seen that in the theater to see. We were, we were just too young. You know what I'm saying? Like I wish I had been in the yeah. theater to see if 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 because yeah. Bill Murray can sell the shit out of some stuff, and he's yeah. he's I, I could see a theater doing that, oh, yeah. you know, responding to him in yeah. a way. Like I think that Definitely. was really cool. Um, you know, I thought that uh, you know uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was really good. I thought the scenes yes. with with um, with the fairy who Carol I don't Kane. remember her. Yeah, Carol Kane. Carol Kane, genius. Genius. Watching watching them interact, I thought was was, she was just definitely joy. My, she was the best ghost. She was my favorite. Oh yeah, for sure. oh yeah. And the cab scary. the cab driver was fine. Yes, I thought his I thought his best moment was in the <laughs> was in the frisbee uh, seating where he's going. It's a bone, you know, and he's just it's a loose. bone, he's right? Lucky. Yeah, he played yeah. by by the way David <laughs> Johansson who. He became a well in the eighties around this time he became this weird sort of performance artist, Dexter Poindexter, which is a whole thing. But he is most notably famous for being the lead singer of the band New York Dolls, which was one of the like early really? proto punk proto punk bands of the seventies. Like they're like one really? of they were at yes, they were New York Dolls. I mean Dolls I know like, I know I know the New York Dolls, but I don't I don't I I he was the lead singer, and they were fucking really? rad. And yeah, so yeah, he's like a fucking right. he's like a super rock star. But then yeah, he kind of went a different way in the eighties. Okay. But uh, but interesting though. But yeah, I mean, and yeah, very interesting cast. I do really like, like I said, I think conceptually and design wise, I really like this movie. Like I think visually, it looks great. I think there's clearly like they clearly spent money, and it's all up on the screen. I think. That Richard Donner's yeah, vision for the how, special how, effects, the special yeah. effects early where they they push Bill Murray through the glass. Oh yeah, window. Yeah. That and is yes, that's 
special effects, makeup effects are amazing. It was actually yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Actually, lost to Beetlejuice, but nominated. And I think you were talking about it earlier, but John Forsythe's makeup, his old boss. Yeah, I think maybe the greatest like depiction of an undead person I've ever seen yes. in a movie. Like honestly, yes. that makeup is fucking astounding. Yeah, like th- with all the cobwebs and his eyes are like black and like yeah unbelievable makeup like really really good like there is spared no expense on that yeah. side for sure um so i think yeah as a production it's all everything's there it's just just yeah i just i think it's a lack of understanding of what is funny about it it ends up right. feeling kind of because there are things that work like i do think the 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 um this, the media satire aspect of it, I do really like that. And I think all that stuff works. Like, all the early stuff with, I mean, the movie opens with this fake, right, yeah. you know, TV movie called The Night the Reindeer Died. But didn't they <laughs> with, do that movie? Like, they've <laughs> since done something like that where Santa is, like, a vigilante or something. Well, there was Violent Night with David Harbour. As there Santa, you go. Yes, is, they did it. But it's, it's, it's a similar, it's not quite the same thing, but basically, yeah. So, yeah, they've kind of done that. But, yeah. And there was, like, and it's great production value. It's, like, and and um, and Lee Majors <laughs> using, by the way, the minigun from Predator. This, he has the actual, like, minigun from Predator, <laughs> which is cool. But um, it's a fun fact. But But all that stuff, and then, like, there's like the, all these different commercials they made. I remember there's one, and this was definitely watching it is always a, a reminder of how young I was when I first saw this. That certain jokes just went completely over my head. Yep. Yeah. But the but the the father loves beaver thing. Yes. That I remember. I remember seeing that as a kid, and my interpretation was like, oh. It's it's Christmas, so usually the dad hates Beaver because he's always causing trouble. But now it's Christmas, so he loves him. So oh, isn't right. that that's the and I was that was the joke. And now I'm just like, oh, that's not the joke. That is a very right. that was a totally different reference. Um, well, but, well, there's <laughs> another there's another reference that Bill Murray throws out is is when the guy's on fire, the waiter's on fire. This one went over my head as a kid, and then he throws the water on him, and he goes, oh, I thought you were Richard Pryor, like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that. You have to know, like, honestly, the funny thing is, is that that is a joke that is specific then. If you don't know the history of Richard Pryor, like now, you wouldn't get that joke now because it's been so long. But, like, knowing that Richard Pryor literally set himself on fire from, like, smoking crack or something. Freebasing, yeah. Freebasing, like, like, and and then famously Richard Pryor goes and makes, does stand-up comedy about him doing, himself doing it, which was, like, a first for, for, comedy that they that he oh, just yeah. was like i'm gonna make jokes of myself about this um bill murray just throwing it out there just going like oh i thought you were richard Pryor," like was hysterical but it would be lost on everyone now if yeah. you didn't but know it, the backstory but again i think that is a line that was improvised like all yes. those like like those moments Absolutely. are and there are and there are lots of them like there but the problem is is that you get the sense that there is this like there's the dichotomy between those moments and then the rest of the performance where it's like there's this like conflict between you you can see it especially knowing maybe it's just knowing how troubled the like production was i can see it more clearly where you see like oh that's what bill murray was trying to do but then that was how he was directed and it's like it's in constant conflict but that moment is really funny i especially love the moment where he clearly like genuinely slips and falls walking out of the room yes yes Yes. Unbelievable. Like um, that's amazing. There there are definitely genuinely funny moments. I really like um the guy who plays 
Bryce Cummings, who's the the like LA yes. slime ball yes. guy who yeah. comes in, yeah. who's is John Glover, who actually we just did Gremlins. He's in the sequel in Gremlins too. He yes. plays Clampet, yes. Clamp, the, the guy who like owns the the skyscraper. He's great in that too. But he was so great at being this like just like fake like Hollywood yes. LA kind of like he, Frank, every time Frank, he goes to Bill Murray he, he immediately starts rubbing his shoulders <laughs> yes. like it's like, yes. he's amazing he's great yes. the whole cast is great Karen Allen is in this which is so yeah. great I mean she's just like you know yeah. def- definitely childhood crushes I mean god Raiders yeah. like, Karen Allen so wonderful I mean underutilized I think but like but so good and there are though there are like I don't know if you noticed, but there are some some really shoddy inserts in this movie, and in so inserts are when they do when when after a film is done shooting, they go, oh, we forgot to like make this detail more clearer, so they go back and they shoot like a close up of a hand like doing like like presenting something to the audience to make a point clear, and in this case, in this movie, there is one that I guess for whatever reason. They didn't make it clear enough where Karen Allen's character worked, like the homeless shelter she worked right, in. Right, so in they the gave the yeah. They do so so when there's the scene when she's she meets him on the set and she's like, "Well, if you need to contact me again," and then it cuts to this person. It's cl- definitely not her. It's just <laughs> a person who holds up this card very clearly, going, "Give me a call." And it's like, <laughs> and then a hand who is supposed to be Bill Murray's hand reaches out to grab it, and it's like a woman's hand. It's like it's if you watch it, it's like it's a it's a very dainty like little like oh thank you, and they grab the card. And it's so it's one of the worst inserts I've ever seen in my life. And there's another one later when he goes when he's like going to go find her, and he's like, maybe I'll go find her at. Operation Reach Out, and it is another <laughs> insert of the dainty hand holding the card as he looks at it, and it's like, it's. Uh, yeah, I'm I, sorry, I, Matt. I, How did they <laughs> grab that card? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It's watch it go back and watch it for real that is what the person is like oh yes thank you it's very it, it's just it, the point is is it's clear it is obviously not karen uh. allen or bill murray in that moment <laughs> and it's so yeah so i mean in moments like that i mean obviously sometimes you as a director have to make those choices but uh, i don't know i feel like i feel like richard donner kind of dropped the ball on this one a little bit and i was bummed because Again, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's a great director, although now I'm starting to question. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know. But like, he's fifty-fifty. Uh. I, but, but yeah, but there, but there are things that are great, and like, and I do love. You know, we mentioned Danny Elfman does the score, and that's really great. It's this is still early in his career, and it's a very Danny Elfman e score, and it's right. it's a lot of fun. So that's great, and it's yeah. I think it it just comes down to the the um the miscalculation of handling the tone of it and of specifically of Bill Murray's performance. Yeah, I think yes, I agree and 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 you know, by nature of the Christmas carol, you are focused on Scrooge. He is the he is the the guy, so he's going to be focused. I just I feel like Bill Murray is so much better when he's got I don't know, like the only movie that I can think of where Bill Murray was no, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to check my I'm going to check my my mouth before I state something. You're going to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, I am going to do that. Um I <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to check my mouth before I say something. That's yes, a, I am going to do That's what it. it should be. I'm going <laughs> to check yourself. my mouth before I say something. Um 
<laughs> a closed mouth gathers no feet. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, that's, that's, I haven't heard that one. It's not wow. mine. It's not mine. It's a coworker of mine from way back. He wrote that. He, he said that to me. He, he he was trying to tell me. He said, "Never interrupt your enemy while they're making a mistake." He would say. He said that to me. And then I say, he goes. He goes. And then he looks at me and he goes, "A closed mouth gathers no feet." And I'm that like, is, that, "It's a honestly, great line. That, that's fu- that's fucking genius." Like, is that a great lie. line? That's, that's, that's a, a great. great line. That's a great fucking line. Holy great, shit! I love that. Great I am gonna, line. I am gonna have to use that at some point. He closed great. mouth gathers no feet. Gathers no feet. That's beautiful. Uh, wow. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I wish I could take credit for that, but no, he, he came up with it. Charles Arcario, Charlie Arcario is the guy's I make name. A note of that. Uh, anyways, um, I was gonna say Bill Murray. Uh, now I'm gonna firmly put my foot in my mouth. Um, Bill Murray, yes, Bill Murray. <laughs> I feel like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day is a movie in which it's like a hundred percent focused on him the whole time, and right. there's an arc to it, mm-hmm. and it's believable to me yeah. that whole that what that is right. Whereas with this movie, it is a hundred percent focused on Bill Murray, but as we've discussed, there is no arc to it. And and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I don't know that there's much more to say about this because I think we've nailed it. That, that it is. Yeah. Each scene has stuff in it that I find funny. Yeah. But then it's it's taken away from other. Uh, you know the, the the again his loudness. I just don't. Yeah. I, it it's really off the. It's just it's a, spastic. It's a big. It is a big overbearing performance, and it just it doesn't leave room for. For any subtlety or any, um, not a lot of so there's not a lot of nuance. There's not you know so his character ends up becoming pretty one note, and not and he and like and it's and he's funny like even because even when he's being big like he's still funny like Bill Murray is very funny yes. and he has that he definitely clearly he has that gear. In fact, some people in real life claim he's more more similar to this character than we would probably like to believe, but um, he definitely has that gear of being he can be an asshole really well. Um, but he, but I think his his natural impulse as 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 viewed in like like Groundhog Day, for example, which by the way, funnily enough, is a movie where he also there was a lot of strife between him and Harold Ramis on that movie, and there was a lot really? of struggle making it. Yeah, I think the difference there though is Harold Ramis clearly knew Bill Murray and knew what was funny about him. So like, there even if they they were struggled more with I think like the um, sort of thematic context of the movie but in terms of his performance it works but in this it's just like it's just those levels are not they're they're not uh they're not working and so yeah it's it's kind of a kind of a bummer i don't have much more to say about this movie i i don't really either (laughs) i mean there's some i know but there's just there's some uncomfortable parts i mean like i i think yeah, I mean the eightiesness of it. I mean, I think I will it's say, eighties, I mean, as you say. Not, the eighties is showing. It's eighties. Fortunately, not. I mean, not too much. I didn't really notice any like racial problems, but there's definitely some misogynistic stuff in this, and definitely some some offensive. Oh, yes. um, very much so eighties. Uh, oh yes. Uh, views of of women that are uncomfortable and inappropriate. Um, 
but but honestly, that's not really the the ultimate crime of this movie is just and like crime. That sounds bad because like. I feel like we've really. Sh- I didn't plan on shitting on this movie this much. Like honestly, like going into this, because like even talking about like I'm still like look, look, dude, I'm totally gonna watch this next Christmas. Like I'm never gonna stop watching this movie. I enjoy watching it. It's but I will say this is one of those movies that I have to be objective and say that my enjoyment of it has more to do with nostalgia. Yes. And, but also, I mean, appreciation of the actors in it, but mostly nostalgia. Yes. But if I'm being totally objective, I don't think this movie lives up. And I don't think this movie accomplished what they set out to because I really do think this movie could have been so much better. It really yeah. could have. And Matt, the, the, I think another way where place you see it clearly is the, the, the uh, image that's on like the movie boxes, which is like mm. almost like a moonstruck kind of thing, where it's like <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray with his like hot face with this yeah. thing. It just doesn't like even that. I'm like doesn't feel like it really even. Yeah. It, well, uh, anyways, if you were to, yeah, honestly, go on Wikipedia and read. There's so much here that I don't even want to go into it. But like, if you read it, you'll totally you'll like be like, oh yeah, well that's exactly why the movie feels the way it does because it's just. It was just a, they didn't see eye to eye on what the movie should be. And it was like, I mean, when he did, when he performed that final monologue, one of the writers of the movie, who was a friend of his, Michael O'Donoghue, who is like this famous kind of bad boy writer who worked on Saturday Night Live that Bill Murray was friends with, who co wrote the script, when he watched him do that, like, he genuinely thought he was having a breakdown. He was like, like, is he okay? Like, it was really like, it was so, so we are not alone. Like, it was very right. like, there's a there's something off with this movie. The levels of this movie emotionally and like right. tonally are really off. And I think that is that's what the problem and again, so this is an example of how I always say how balance is so important. This is one where it's like the balance is so it's just going back and forth and it's totally yes. off balance. Yeah. And and that's, you know, and that ended up being its its downfall ultimately. But um did, yeah, did I, Roger uh, did Roger have thoughts? He did. He did. Uh, so, man. Okay. And this will, I think this will actually probably articulate a lot of the things we're expressing <laughs> pretty well. And only in the way that only Roger Ebert can, because he is a great with words when it comes to film. Uh, so Roger, Roger gave Scrooge one star <laughs> okay. out of four. Okay. So, so uh, that just get yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to go right into it. <clears throat> Scrooged is one of the most disquieting, unsettling <laughs> films to come along in quite some time. It was obviously intended as a comedy, but there's little comic about it. And indeed, the movie's overriding emotions seem to be pain and anger. This entire production seems to be in dire need of visits from the ghosts of Christmas. Frank Cross is a thoroughly miserable wretch, played by Bill Murray in a thoroughly miserable mood. What seems to be missing are the lightness and good cheer that lurk beneath the surface of most Murray performances. He's often gruff in his movies, but in a way that lets you know he's just kidding. This time, he doesn't seem to be kidding. Murray's ill humor affects the chemistry of scene after scene, introducing a kind of undertow. When he shouts at people, he doesn't add a little spin of self-mocking exaggeration so that we know to laugh. He seems to be really shouting, and the other actors look as if they really feel shouted at. The fear of job loss and the lessons from the Christmas ghosts result in a moral transformation for Cross, and in the final scenes, the repentant TV executive barges onto the set of the live production of Scrooge and testifies to his change of heart. 
This sequence is the strangest in the film. The words are there, but the heart is lacking. Murray stands center stage and rants and raves about the spirit of Christmas, but it's not an inspiring speech and certainly not a funny one. It sounds more desperate than anything else, and it continues at embarrassing length. It looks like an on-screen breakdown. (laughs) What went wrong here? I have no idea. The chemistry must have been bad from the start, or perhaps the material was simply intractable. One problem is that Murray frequently interjects one-liners that are right angles to the material, blocking the flow of the story. He gives the impression at those moments that he is seeking to distance himself from the film, but a story that like this works only if it seems to believe in itself. You can't badmouth A Christmas Carol all the way through and then expect us to believe the good cheer at the end. In his studies of Dickens in preparation for this role, Murray seems to have read only as far as Bah Humbug. And that's Roger's thoughts. All right, Roger. He, well, he mentions the, the one-liners, which I, which I think are the only funny parts of the movie. But, like, but I think well, what he means there is that it's clear... Because he is a point that like, but he seems to be distancing himself from the movie. That's because... That's the movie he wants to be making, and it's not the movie he's in, unfortunately. Well, I think, I yeah, and I think like the 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 most common the the part that I saw that I think shows that is when his boss, the nondescript, I don't know who that fucking person is because he's the president of IBC, but Robert Mitchum, yeah, the guy above him, right? Yeah, comes in and starts pitching him about animal. Ratings, Cats. right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray's Cats are beginning to watch television, but Bill Murray the whole time through that is making f- like you. You are all of a, like you're supposed to view that character as being bad, but then <laughs> then you're on his side as this crazy guy comes and starts talking about animal what ratings while he's making these jokes, and at that moment you're like. Oh, okay. Yeah. This guy's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, I get it. I feel yeah. for him. But then he goes back yeah. to being a jerk. So you're just kind of like, that's the right yeah. angle thing that I think yeah. Ebert's going like, this is not like in line with what you're trying to get to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the chemistry, like he said, the chemistry is just off between the director and the lead actor, which truly I think in a comedy, is, like I said before, is so important. Like even yeah. more so, more so than any genre, like. If especially if it's being led by a particular comic actor, there really yes. needs to be a good shorthand between them and the director because otherwise it is just fundamentally not going to work. And this right. one just it doesn't it doesn't work, and it's a bummer because there's a lot about it that's great. And I, yeah, I think I think two nuns down. I think we can say two nuns down. Two no nuns, nuns down. Unfortunately, I didn't see any, I, although well, I don't know, were there nuns on? I thought although maybe there we, might be hold a on. nun. Although we what? do have to do a postscript, since we've done two nuns down here, we have to do a postscript on the previous uh, Gremlins or oh, oh, Jingle yes, All no. the Way. Yes, thank you for reminding me. Yes, yes. we okay. This is a okay. This is a shameful confession that I'm about to make. Yes, but um, unfortunately, uh, Jeffrey and I have we've we've failed our listeners. Honestly, is the only way to put it, um, because we have in our history with this podcast we we are dedicated to seeking out nuns it's it's you know second to you know giving a hopefully cogent and intelligent uh you know uh assessment of the film is recognizing when there are nuns in the movies that's like (laughs) that's that is the second most important thing that we are doing in this podcast um and i feel like we've been on the ball every time except for once which is the film Jingle All the Way, which is two episodes previous. And 
we dropped the ball. We missed nuns. There are nuns in Jingle All the Way. I was rewatching the film with my kids, and I went, holy shit, <laughs> there are nuns right there. And they are. if you go back and watch the film, at the scene when, when Schwarzenegger gets to the very first toy store with, with Sinbad in the beginning, uh, there's a big crowd outside, and if you look, there are a couple of women who pass in the foreground, and they are, in fact, nuns. They <laughs> with coffees. Yes, but with coffees. And not in the traditional full habit, but they are definitely nuns. So we, we dropped the ball on that one. I think we were, in our defense, though, I think we were just distracted by the awful... The timeline. Yeah. yeah. The lack well, yeah, of time. There was no time. There was no time. We were just totally unmoored watching that film. So, <laughs> yeah. so there was no way to catch those nuns. So we, we let those slip by. But I, this is my... I, I'm going to make a, 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 a pledge. This will Rededicate not ourselves. Yes. Not 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 on my watch. This will not. I will not allow this. <laughs> I will not allow this slight to occur ever again. We will be ever vigilant in our search for these nuns. And we will never miss them again. I promise. And we do it not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Damn it. <laughs> That's, that's my, your J, that's, JFK. That's my, that's my, yeah. We're gonna <laughs> that's go to the, my, that's your JFK well, that's me, at Rice University. It's me, it's me. It's me doing Conan doing JFK. But okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. The uh, Rice. Yeah. We will go to the moon. Because, not because it is easy. Because it is hard. Because it's hard. <laughs> um. All right. Two two nuns down on the Scrooged. Yeah. Um, I. We, I mean, it's still like again. I'm still gonna watch it every Christmas. So you know, it, it's but it's. It could have been so much better, and objectively, it, it it you know it's far from a perfect film. It's tr- it's right. not successful. Yes. Okay. So now we got to pick a new one. Um, yes. And just this I'm going to throw uh, this out. I'm going to throw this out here right now, just yeah. before you pick. Let's hear it. So this weekend, I have watched Christmas Vacation. So I've already watched that. So if we if if you want to do that one, we could do that one as well. Or we can randomly pick because I've already watched that one, so I can like quickly I'm, like tomorrow or the next day we can hop on and do Christmas Vacation because I've I'm already watched it. Okay, I mean that's I feel like well because I mean ultimate this is going to be our last one really. I mean Christmas is basically here, so I feel like well I want it because Monday you can pop it on on Monday for all of our listeners who are going to be Christmas Day going like what the fuck yeah. am I going to do? They're going to have to listen to, exactly. to, right. to to us on Christmas Day. They can listen to our talk <laughs> about Christmas Vacation. Um, yeah. yeah, no, which, I think that, yeah. yeah. It was, it, I feel like Christmas Vacation is going to be the only one that it's either that one or Christmas Story that is yeah. the classic kind of, you know, Christmas I mean, movie. I, I would go Christmas Story personally, but I would go but Christmas yeah, but, Vacation. But, I know. See, that's, I mean, I don't know. Should we do a combo episode of, <laughs> no, yeah. I think, no, I, I mean, yeah, that that works for me. I mean, I, we because we obviously we should save some for later Christmases because this podcast is going to go on forever. So um, yeah, we'll get, no, we'll, we'll get it to the next Christmas. Yeah, I'm cool with Christmas Vacation. I feel like that's that's one everyone will get something out of because everybody loves that movie. Yeah, and so, it's um, it's it's I mean the blasting. I was talking with blasting. with uh, uh, my uh, niece Grace. Yes, and she goes she goes. Um, she goes, my name's in a lot of songs. And I go, and I just looked at her and I go, Grace, she passed away 30 years ago. And she, <laughs> she looked at me like, what is that? I'm like, it's Christmas vacation. The blessing. 
and she. Oh my god! I just watched. I just watched the movie uh, with the lady. A lady friend showed me this this movie. I'd never seen the name of the rose. With Sean Connery okay. and Christian Slater, it's like about a. Mon- it was weird. It was about monks investigating a murder mystery, but William Hickey was in it, and he plays <laughs> like a cr- he plays like a crazy decrepit monk. This was before Christmas Vacation. This was like uh, mid eighties, even before, and he still looks like fr- fucking Crypt Keeper. I mean, that guy. Uh, two, hey, he's got one. He's got one. Got one speed, man. <laughs> He's got He's, one angle. God bless him. He did. He did so much with it. I, you know, I. Got oh, he milked the shit out of it. The <laughs> other thing, did. the other thing I was, and this is totally side. We're off topic here, but I, I was noticing watching Christmas Vacation and Scrooge as well that Bill Murray's mm-hmm. brother. Oh, is, that's yes. Is is Brian in Doyle. Scrooge. and then he is also in Groundhog Day. He's the mayor in Groundhog Day, he's and in, then he's yeah, also a ton of things. And then he's also in. Um, Christmas Vacation. He's the boss yeah. in Christmas he, Vacation, and he and he, he co wrote Caddyshack, and he he's in, so, in fact actually all of Bill. This is something we probably should have mentioned in the Scrooge episode is that all of Bill Murray's brothers are in the film, all of them, all three of them. So there's Brian Doyle Murray who plays his dad in the movie, in right, Scrooge. right, right. Then there's um, I think oh, uh, Joe Murray. Hang on, John Murray. Sorry, John Murray who plays his brother James. In the movie, that's okay. his actual brother, and then Joel Murray plays one of the guests at the party when when he's when him and Carol Kane are at the party, and they're watching him and they're doing like trivia. Like Joel Murray, one of his other brothers, is like one of his friends at the party. So, so all of Bill Murray's brothers are actually in the film, which is a nice little trivia. Hey, there you yeah. go. For all the, right, for the, kid, for the kids out there, for the Murray for the Murray family out there. Which movie? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Okay, all right. So we're gonna do Christmas vacation. Yeah, next. Christmas vacation, man. I think, uh, yeah, everyone that this. I think it'll appeal to all, all ages, all everybody. I feel. Yep. And yep. It'll be a great way to close out the, the Christmas. The holiday season. Season. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, Matt. Well, that was another one in the books. Happy holidays. Happy ho- um, yeah. Uh, bah humbug and uh, happy holidays and happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa and um, just trying to find a new way to end these things because it just I, 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 I don't know I got nothing I got nothing I got I don't, the, okay. all right I, I just right. I I mean I just I should just hit stop at just a random point and just end it. All right. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye.